Hello, friends, and welcome to the Fight IQ podcast. My name is Jesse Day. On this podcast, we break down words of wisdom from martial artists throughout history to learn lessons we can all apply to our own lives. Now, one of the most devastating things that can happen to a fighter beyond an actual loss is an injury. Fighters get injured both in competition and in training as well, and this can have a number of devastating effects, including keeping them out of competition for so long they can't earn a living, taking away their confidence, and at the very worst, removing them from the sport that they love altogether. Today, we're going to take a look at some fighters who were injured, how they bounced back, how they dealt with the situation, and how we can all learn from it as well. Let's go. You went through like one of the most difficult trials in terms of recovery from injury. Any, no, the most difficult I've ever seen anybody go through in the entire history of my time of calling fights. Well, for fighting, I definitely agree. In the sport of fighting. Fo- I've heard it. of the yeah. sport of NFL because I researched them. Oh, okay. These guys who went through three ACL reconstructions came back and competed. And one of them was just competing. Uh, om- they almost made it to the Super Bowl. And he, he had three ACL reconstructions in the game of football and came back and was still playing and he was like over over 30. Wow. And people like that need to be around in this world. Sure, just to let you know that's just possible. Just to let you know that it can be done. And, yeah. And that was kind of what I, what gave, that mindset right there, when you make it bigger than yourself is the only way you get the power to get through stuff like that and that's what got me through is understanding that I go through this, these knee surgeries, I, I, I become it becomes bigger than me when I come back and succeed. It's not just about me coming back and getting my belt. I already had belts. I already knew what it felt like to be a five-time world champion by that point at the age of 26 before I blew my knee out. I was on top of everything. I had everything that I thought I needed and wanted. Blew my knee out, get my belt stripped, go through three ACL reconstructions. You soon find out that you actually have no idea who you are. It is only appropriate that we start off an episode about injuries in combat sports with some words from former UFC bantamweight champion Dominic Cruz, who has suffered countless injuries that set back his career by years, and yet he kept coming back. In that clip where he was being interviewed by Joe Rogan, he spoke about looking to another sport, American football in the NFL, to find parallels with other athletes that had suffered similar fates because there's literally no one else in MMA or indeed in any fighting sport that has had to deal with the type of injuries that forced Cruz out of the game for so long. The good news is, he was able to find examples of other athletes who had been extensively injured and had been able to come back and accomplish great things in their sport. In combat sports, it is often said that the training is more grueling than the fight itself, and in many ways, this is a necessary evil. The stakes are too high in a fight. It's not like team sports where you have a season and a ton of games per year to make it to the championships. In sports like football, soccer, and baseball, sure, losing a game sucks, but you can always pick yourself up, readjust, get right back in there within days, sometimes the very next day, and give it another shot. The cost of losing a fight in MMA, especially at the highest levels, can mean a huge setback in a fighter's road to the championship belt. And if you lose enough times, 
fight organizations will cut athletes ruthlessly, leaving them to go back to the minor leagues until they can rack up a few more wins there. Because of this, training has to be as intense and as close to real competition as possible, so when it comes time to perform, a fighter stands the best chance of moving his career forward. All of Dominic Cruz's major injuries were suffered during training. He kept getting injured, and really there was nothing he could do about it. For most people, this would be the ultimate frustration, and for Cruz, it was at first. But he was able to make his injuries and his comebacks a vital part of his story. I'd like to read for you an excerpt from an article from MMA Fighting on Cruz's injury woes. Cruz is one of the most snake-bitten fighters in MMA history. Despite joining the UFC in 2011 when the WEC was absorbed, Cruz has only fought six times in the organization. After defending his title twice in 2011, Cruz suffered an actual ACL tear in 2012 that had to be operated on twice as his body rejected the first ACL that he was given. In 2014, he was finally set to return from that injury when he tore his groin. Nine months later, Cruz finally came back and obliterated Takeo Mizugaki and was set to challenge for the 135-pound title he'd been stripped of, but then he tore his other ACL, which kept him out until 2016. He fought three times, reclaiming the title, defending it, and then losing it to Cody Garbrandt he has not fought since. And here's what Cruz had to say. Understanding it really serves no purpose because there is no understanding. It just is what it is. To try to understand it will just take you into a loop that will never end, so I choose to look at this as just the way it is, and what can I do with that is the question. With all that being said, how I feel is sadness, extreme sadness to be honest. It hurts. I want to cry. But I also know that this is a long road that I've had already. I've already been down this. I've had these injuries. You can attack whatever you want to this situation, but it never defeats me and it never will. It's just part of my journey and it's going to be part of my legacy. How many people go through life with problems and have to get back up? Life is no different from fighting and that's why I love fighting so much. And this, this next line is profound. Please let it sink in. I'm not the greatest bantamweight of all time, despite my injuries. I'm the greatest bantamweight of all time because of my injuries. These words from Cruz shows that he took the time first to feel the sadness, to mourn his bad luck. This is a normal reaction when something terrible happens to us that we can't control. The problem is most of us stay in this place. We continue to feel sorry for ourselves and can easily start to harbor a resentment towards life and believe that the universe is against us. What separates Cruz is how he then turned it into a strength. He realized he couldn't change his situation by willpower alone. He delved into sports history to find role models that set an example for him, that showed him it can be done, he could come back and fight again no matter how many times he was knocked down. We can all learn from Cruz's never-say-die mentality. It's all in the way you look at things. We are the product of what we believe and what we repeatedly tell ourselves. When the chips are down and we've had our 10th run of bad luck in a row and it seems that we can never come back, that's exactly the time to make that a part of your story in a positive way. Learn from it, use it as fuel to get back up, and back in the game. Back is, is her shot. My, you know, 
my shoulders are shot. My knee, my knees. Oh my god, my knees. I've had five knee surgeries. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I saw you limping. Did you have one recently? I just had surgery. Actually, um, had surgery on Tuesday. Oh, that's um, a hernia, last Tuesday, right? I had a double hernia. Jesus. Yes. So did you fight with a double hernia? Uh, I tore it before, like five weeks before the fight, and um, but I don't know if it was completely off. You had a hernia but, and a broken foot for yeah, that fight? That yeah. is fucking crazy. The funny thing is, and, and Ali makes fun of me about this, my manager, is uh, like all fight week, like if you saw me, you would think this guy was like a zombie. Like I I'm, I limp around, I freaking lidocaine patches on me, and I'm in a boot or, or sleeve. And, and all I do all day is I go do the media rounds or whatever I need to do training come back and i'm just in my room either game ready on me or or something on me but when i walk through that door to fight the nigerian nightmare wakes up i flip the switch and a lot of people would would if they go back and look at videos of when i walk into the cage i step step right before the cage i pray say my prayer for protection and when i walk in i just freaking turn if it's like flip that switch do you have a, a prayer that you say every time yeah you have the exact same thing? Yeah. What do you say? Similar along those lines. I just, I basically just a prayer for protection. That was UFC welterweight champion Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian nightmare. Once again being interviewed on the Joe Rogan podcast and talking about his long string of injuries which he's suffered over the course of his wrestling and mixed martial arts career and revealing the fact that he challenged for the title and won with both a double hernia and a broken foot. And he didn't just eke out a victory, he absolutely dominated the fight against former champ Tyron Woodley over five rounds to secure the belt. A lot of the time, fighters don't have the luxury of pulling out of a fight due to injury when a big contest is on the horizon. Dana White and the UFC are notorious for leaving injured fighters who aren't in their good books behind when they pull out of a fight and even accusing them of turning down fights for other reasons and letting the media know it when they well know that a fighter can't fight due to an injury. It's despicable, it's disgusting, and it's shameful. And it's probably a whole topic for another podcast episode, but needless to say, fighters know this. And so when a big opportunity comes up, like a chance to challenge for the title, if you're not a megastar who brings in massive pay-per-view revenue for the company, They can and will take your opportunity away if you say you can't fight because you're injured, and you may never get it back. I'm only speculating here, but I think this is one of the reasons that Usman decided to go through with his championship bout despite his compromised health. What I want to focus on here is his attitude about it. Notice he didn't once complain about the situation, and he even seemed to speak about the whole thing in a pretty casual way. You could tell he had decided that canceling the fight wasn't going to be an option and that he was going to do the best he could given the circumstances. I love how he talked about turning into a different person once he stepped into the cage. That guy who was hobbling around, barely able to move, and who could only rest and try to recover? That guy didn't step into competition. Kamaru left that guy outside the cage that night. He transcended himself And once it was go time, there would be no excuses. There would be only the proud warrior, the fierce Nigerian nightmare standing there, ready to do battle and ready to achieve victory at all costs. I don't want to gloss over the prayer for protection said before he stepped in there either. 
It was the last action that Usman took before his transformation, and a very important one. It was not a desperate plea, it was a calculated prayer that he says every time before he enters into war. I think it helps him put his injuries out of his mind and into God's hands, and thus relinquishes him of worry or fear and allows him to focus on his performance. In the game of life, we are almost never able to perform at 100% of our capacity. There is usually some circumstance beyond our control that is going to impact our performance on any given day. We can let this bother us. We can make excuses in advance. We can retreat and tell ourselves we'll be back when the situation is ideal. But it never is. Say a prayer. Let your weakness go and step up to the plate ready to perform. I had been, I had been having hip issues for probably, I don't know, three to five years-ish, somewhere in there. Um, when I came back and started training in December, it, it got really bad. Um, I visited my doctors in Columbia, who I kept in touch with. That was when I went to college. I went down there. I got an x-ray, and I got a PRP shot. The PRP shot helped significantly with um, the pain, but not, not with the mobility at all. They saw the x-rays, and they said, yeah, you, you're all jacked up, but you, know, you could probably just keep going, and whenever you're done, we'll fix it. So... Um, in about August, it had gotten pretty bad again. And I went down there, got another PRP shot and that didn't really help all that much. So my consulted with that doctor and he said, Hey, you know, why don't you get the MRI before your fight? I'll look at it when you're done with your fight. We'll scope, we'll scope your hip and that'll give you a couple, couple years worth of re uh, relief. And you'll probably need to get the hip replaced at some point. And then, you know, I, I got the MRI done and he didn't really, he didn't call me back. He didn't get back to me. I thought that's kind of strange. So sure enough, after my fight, I talked to him um, and he said, Hey, you, you need a hip replacement. Um, and then I've consulted with the, you know, he doesn't do that specific procedure. I've talked to three or four doctors and you know, all of them are pretty much, yeah, once you do that, you're pretty much done. I hate to do this to you guys, but we're going to end this one on a bit of a sad note. That was Ben Askren, former one championship and Bellator welterweight champion and UFC fighter, discussing a long-term injury that required a hip replacement and forced him out of combat sports altogether. The reason I want to end with this is, there are going to be times in life when the best course of action is to put an end to one endeavor so you can focus on something else and move yourself forward in another direction. Askren had a long and storied career in both collegiate wrestling and mixed martial arts, and along the way, he became one of the most popular and beloved athletes in combat sports. His style was a grindy one. He would take his opponents down, control them with his superior wrestling skills, and batter them until they gave up or the clock ran out. This approach, for the most part, helped him achieve victory while avoiding the risk of head trauma that a lot of stand-up fighters face. However, this long game approach wears on the body in a different way, and especially on the hips. In the end, the damage in that area was just too much, and he had to balance his desire for a good quality of life to spend with his family against his desire to compete. Sure, he could have kept getting injections and temporary fixes to mask the pain and allow him to get back in the ring, but at what cost? He was intelligent enough to see the writing on the wall and realize that if he wanted to spend the rest of his life healthy and pain-free, the time to step away from the sport was now. We will all face situations like this in life. 
whether it's a career that has run its course and no longer really inspires us, a relationship that, although once amazing, has started to turn toxic, or a business venture that is no longer feasible due to changing market conditions. It takes courage and wisdom to know when it's time to change course and look towards other options in life. I think in our society, we are discouraged from giving up almost to a fault. Sometimes the right move is to give up, and I think that true success in life is just as much about the things that you decide not to do as it is the things you decide to pursue wholeheartedly. To move forward and keep doing the same thing blindly when circumstances have changed to the point where it's no longer valuable to us is a trap that many fall into. For myself, it was a career in acting and TV show hosting in South Korea that I had excelled at for seven years that I had to step away from and return home to Canada. I had had great success, done many television shows with Korean celebrities, and even become a minor celebrity myself thanks to my reputation for being the foreigner who would challenge Korea's spiciest dishes, and trust me, they have some of the spiciest food in the world. After, and I kid you not, two visits to the ER, one in the back of an ambulance, after overdoing my spicy food challenges on Korean television programs, I had to put that chapter of my life behind me for health reasons. To this day, I get messages from Korean fans asking me to come back and continue my food-fighting ways, and although I appreciate their devotion, I had to change course. And this allowed me to follow another one of my true passions, combat sports and martial arts, right here with you guys, on the Fight IQ podcast. So with that being said, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Fight IQ podcast. New episodes every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time at fightiqpodcast.com and wherever podcasts are found online. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. Just search Fight IQ podcast on your favorite platform. If you do enjoy the program, if you find value from it, please do like, rate, and subscribe, and consider becoming a patron where you can have a direct influence on how this show goes moving forward on the topics that I speak about. You can go to patreon.com slash fightiqpodcast, and I'll see you guys next week on the Combat Sports Psychology Podcast, Fight IQ.